I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. Sure. Okay. But then if any of them do ask me questions or if any of them do have, you know, strike up conversations about our marriage or your transition, this is a conversation that I need to have with you before I have it with them. Yeah, that would be a good idea. So what would you like me to say? How much can I share? Because you know me, if they ask something wildly inappropriate, I would generally tend to respond in equally inappropriate fashion. Yes, you would. But... (laughs) Well, there's a few things I can imagine, things that often happen. One is they will completely ignore it. People often do that, especially when someone's transitioned enough that it doesn't stand out to them. And so they kind of are like, no, that can't be right or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like it doesn't register to them Mm -hmm. that something must have been different before. So, you know, some people ignore it. Then there's often at least one person who doesn't ignore it and asks something. Who knows what? Well, that's the thing. You know, I know the standard expected answers of, you have no right to ask that, or... I'm not so big on that, because I think that unless you have a conversation with somebody, they can't understand. And so if you just, you know, if I'm on a news show and you're going to interview me, I think that you should have appropriate things you don't do and don't ask. Correct. And appropriate ways to correct that of... That's not really what you ask somebody. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with family members and other people that you can interact with, and it makes me think of this um, TED Talk I was listening to recently about tolerance, which isn't really about tolerance because tolerance is useless. You have to actually interact with people. And as you get to know each other, then you create a actual relationship, not a tolerance. Correct. So the conversations are useful because then you have it with that person and then they have it with their equally educated friends (laughs) and so forth. Mm -hmm. So as productive as possible, although I do think there are some... Do you remember Forrest's... um, (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. Forest YouTube video. So so has he had the operation? What's in his pants? He said, they want to know, did you grow a dick? And then he's like, oh, yeah, it keeps growing and my girlfriend's getting scared. And he's like putting his arms out kind of like. Like Like it's growing inches by inches and then feet by feet. Like when you're telling a fish story and you say how big the fish was. Uh-huh. So you, you tell them something crazy like, yeah, but the problem is it never stops growing. <laughs> you know? Like they deserve and If they're uh-huh. going to be like whatever they, yes. whatever makes them ask questions about somebody else's dick, then they deserve an absurd answer. My response to that would be less absurd and more shock and awe. And horribly, like, shock their little conservatard brains into trying to figure out what the hell I just said, talking about my husband's badge. Yeah, that would be you. It would be. Yeah. See, I don't think that that's helpful. No, it probably wouldn't be. <laughs> um, I think that's okay to do for you in circumstances that are all yours to deal with. Right. But but if I have to deal with it too, I'd rather not because 
the the shock of it, they're already trying to cope with the the idea of what's going on, and so is usually the trans person. In my case, you know myself, but yes, um, and I think it's it's helpful to explain to them something maybe slightly more vague, but lets their brain still cope with it the best way they can. Mm-hmm. So there's not too much dissonance of guy with a vag, you know. Yeah. You're a little too buck angel about it, you know. <laughs> I I kind of am. Yeah, you are. We're not slamming porn at everybody. No, so, okay, we're so, not. It's true. So so that we don't want them. To, I I prefer people don't get so graphic. I for, I prefer you steer them back in the other direction. So I like to explain to people. Well, there are several options that trans people take in order to um, resolve their dysphoria and have a body that's more congruent with their gender. And so that leaves them with a, oh, I don't get to know answer. Correct. <laughs> Which is really what they deserve, I think. Really, really, yeah. They do. Okay. And, they, and if they need to know more, I have to think about that a little bit, which I will think about. If, if they need to know more, I will tell them that they don't need to know more. If they if they ask... Yeah, because it's sort of like, uh, do uh, you ask somebody more... How, how big is your dick? <laughs> Does your wife like your okay, dick? But again... We're getting graphic with your Baptist relatives, and I don't think that'll help. So trying to talk a language that they speak that translates what's happening into something they can understand, I think, Mm -hmm. is a better approach. Right. And so it's more of a, well, it's sort of like hemorrhoids or other surgeries that would be sort of private. We don't really talk about that kind of stuff unless we're their caregiver or married to them. I mean, so that they under they understand the perimeters of it and go, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Just because they're trying to make sense out of it doesn't mean you have to explain to them what's happening with your dick. Right. But but we try to do it in a way that avoids the D word. Yes. <laughs> yes, because uh. <laughs> and if somebody gets very explicit about it, to me they're already feeling a bit defensive. And so I'm going to say something to a guy that's maybe saying something not around the women, mm-hmm. a little more crude than I would say around everybody else who's... Such as? Such as, my wife is perfectly happy with my dick, so... There you go. You know, something along those lines, like I'd match whatever they were... Right. Whatever they were going with it, just to step up to that mm-hmm. place that men sometimes go to when they're being immature. Yes. Yes. Okay. I will use your preferred means of discussion. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Certainly. <laughs> so Phew, I'm glad we had that conversation. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm like, she just said, what? <laughs> oh, man. But, you know, like you've said, when someone is not going to have to deal with you directly, you've given me a little bit more license to say what's going to best suit the situation. Like you said earlier, if, they, if they're if they not going to be looking right at me, if they're not going to be interacting with me, with you personally, mm-hmm. then you've said that, you know, I can take a little bit more license, but I only but do you, that because you've given me permission right, to. Right, and you should always go with the other approach first that is going right. to really educate them because they are going to, as they're trying to digest this, they are going to talk to somebody else about it. Right. And if they have the best possible way of processing it for themselves and explaining to the other person that, hey, this really isn't some kind of big freaking right. problem here, that's better for all of us. Mm-hmm. Is I, I don't usually... 
look at social media that might be like comments and things that that I might <laughs> not want to read and and I did actually end up in some the other day which is very unusual but it had to you do with the comment section I read the, read the comment section in this this little article said something about Caitlyn Jenner being a some kind of like asshole rep no <laughs> sorry no but like representative of whatever, mm -hmm. you know, for the trans people or an honor type thing. I, I can't think of it. Anyhow, the comments mm -hmm. were a bunch of people being very reactive to it in a, in a negative way. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of people who are not feeling happy about having transgender stuff when they haven't had a process for it yet. Right. And so I want to facilitate that process as much as possible. And the way to do that is one-on-one -on -one interactions with people. It is. It's and not, you cannot teach them anything indirectly. Right. It's a bigger deal for them than that. And speaking of reading the comments section, it's another reason that we need to once again put out the reminder that we do publish this on condition of anonymity. So if you know us, friends, keep these conversations with us about what you hear private. We're happy to talk about our project with you, but not with the world. And don't say, hey, I know this guy who has a podcast or... I know where they live. And it's unfortunate, but having read some of the comments lately in this one small section of social media, one particular item, and knowing that there's lots more of them, it's my opinion that people react negatively in an extreme out of fear. That's my opinion. That's my experience with what people do. And so as they be can become less afraid because it's not something unknown to them. Once they, you know, know people that they're comfortable with, it's harder for them to other you. But until that type of acceptance becomes more commonplace or until we no longer have children who could be put at risk by the othering and the potential violence against the other. Yeah, I think once they're all bigger and older, then... Then we'll throw a big old party and invite over all of our podcasty friends. If we're still talking to these people, people. I feel sorry for them. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Well, I guess if they download the podcast and that's their choice. Then there you go. <laughs> you know, as long as as long as someone is still listening, as long as we're still creating something positive and seeing, you know, that what we're doing is in some way positively affecting the world, then we'll keep doing it, I think. I think so too, because I know I enjoy that. When I listen to other podcasts or I connect with other resources that are like me, I enjoy that. And that's how I, I often forget temporarily that the world is not quite as happily settled with this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who uses what bathroom Ugh. nonsense and, and what it really represents. Yes. So I don't know. Thinking back about your family, I think we'll, we'll come back to the microphone and talk about what did happen. We will, I'm sure. And we'll talk about all the other things that happened. Like I'm expected to sing the hymn at the funeral. And I know a lot of hymns because, you know, I was raised Baptist. And there are a lot of hymns that like with my musician friends from church and my queer musician friends from church, there are a lot of these songs that are still meaningful to us, but they don't mean quite the same thing. 
or like in the UCC church and in a lot of other denominations that believe in a gender neutral or gender diverse God or a gender diverse Trinity, that they will neuter any terminology for deity in hymns and such. And so if I go in there and I'm singing and I'm singing it with the words that I'm comfortable with, are they going to be looking at me funny? Probably. Do I care? Maybe because a funeral isn't really for the dead person, it's for the other people and am I fucking with their Well if they mourning? ask you about it, you say that's how we sing it at my church. You go to church? Why wouldn't you? But I thought you were Wait. Are we going to have that much nonsense? I hope not. Okay, then. Oh, God, I hope not. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. I think I think that there's a fair amount of, especially if they're not drinkers or something, so they're not letting their guard down in that way, there's a fair amount of people ignoring it because we look like a heterosexual couple. Which is still weird as fuck to me. So. But, yeah. If I went there as your wife, there would be a lot of nonsense. That is true. So, I don't know. I'm in, I'm interested to see if they ignore it. The other thing that's interesting to me. Tell me. Is my personal experience with interacting with other guys. And, and by other guys, it's mainly cisgendered guys that I encounter, whether it be through kids' birthday parties that are from. Classmates some kids and such. That school or Cub Scouts or whatever. And then those parties have people from that person's church and mm -hmm. family and other places. And so I'm, all, I'm always trying to figure that out. And I, I did go to a birthday party recently and there were two guys that apparently knew each other pretty good, the, the dad of the kid and this other guy, and they coach baseball, both of them, and they're mm -hmm. talking a lot of baseball. And I know that the dad of that kid also is a, a fan of the same team I am. And I find it amusing because you never, you never mentioned being a fan of any sort of baseball prior to your transition. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> Go sports ball. Yes. <laughs> Go sports ball. <laughs> I did used to like baseball. I used to watch it in high school. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I'd come home and turn the game on. Right. It was relaxing to me. Baseball is a sport that's a little better than golf. <laughs> um, okay. And can be, you know, I mean, with home runs and stuff, you can have some cheering and stuff, but then everybody calms down again. So, um, <laughs> so it suits That is totally your speed. Yes, it is. It is so my anyway. speed. So these, uh, these guys were talking and I'm, I'm once again very aware around me of, I'm not sure what's causing it lately, the... The differences between me and them, whether they're physical, because my physical being is newer to testosterone, and so I have different male features of a person my age, I look, which make me look younger, which yes. they might just think I'm younger. I don't know. Well, they might, but you also have left the gray at your temples the last few times we've dyed your hair, so that takes you back up to looking like late 30s, early 40s. Yeah. You don't look like a teenager anymore like you did when it was all brown. Right. So I'm aware of that, but there's also like the interaction part. And then of course, being an introvert, I'm not very, <laughs> sometimes I, especially if I'm dealing with our number two child, I'm already worn out. So I'm just like, look, I don't care if anybody ever talks. I'll just go sit in the car. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's enough already. I'm overstimulated. So I'm I'm aware of that, and that was a little uncomfortable, actually, because I had a lot of curiosities about 
what would I talk about? Like, if I had grown up in a, in the male culture, I would have more language to interact with them than I do. And I feel a little bit lost when it comes to that lately. Hmm. And I'm not sure why I feel more that way just lately. Although, I'm interested to see I have to get my bloods done when we come back. Mm -hmm. for the endocrinologist because he had asked me to reduce the testosterone. I'm interested to see what my level's at. And then I want to have a conversation with that doctor about why he wants my levels where he does and does he do that for everybody and, mm -hmm. you know, you know, just some kind of more information here. Right. So... Information is usually good. I, I wonder if it has to do with being more worn out because the kid's been extra wacko or testosterone levels being a little different. And I don't know. I, I think these mm -hmm. things come and go for most trans people of how do I fit in here? That mild background social dysphoria that you're still not quite beating. Right. And, and I think some advantages of my age are I'm an older guy, so people don't bother me about it as much. And then some of that is, well, that was a long time not being in that social interaction. So so then I have more time away or, you know, mm -hmm. from that experience and less time to have gained it. Right. I do notice, like, because of my size, and unless you can see, you know, me with my bits of gray hair and such. Some guys who are younger, if they're a little bit farther away, will look over there. And it's this, this look of, who's that guy? And do I have to take his presence as a challenge? And then they see I'm an older guy and they're, they're just like, oh, never mind. It's not a problem. Right. But so I'd, at least I don't have that. I think that would be a hassle. <laughs> It'd be a big hassle. <laughs> yes. And we've um, talked before about that macho posturing thing that happens. and Yeah. But I'm very aware of this lately. Like, even if I'm walking, like I was walking through the store tonight to pick up the kid's script, and um, I saw a dad walking out with a kid, and I was thinking about how he looks and how different that is than I know how I look, and how much of his looks come from how many ever years of testosterone he's had in his system and the, the way his body developed differently as well. I more think of the testosterone, the length of time with that, because, you know, you get more whiskers over the years, and then some guys get more thinning of whiskers and hair, both, and, mm -hmm. you know, there's different ways people develop. So, I don't think it stands out as much as I feel like it does I sometimes. was just about to say, I don't really think it does. I think I, you're you're thinking more about it than anyone else is. Because oh, of course I am, but that's, <laughs> that's the dysphoria. It is. Yes, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because, and I know that part of this is the fact that because I have such a long experience in the trans community before I ever knew you even, that I'm just used to accepting people for who they say they are. And so if you're a man, then you're a man. But, you know, I don't see any difference in that sense between your masculinity and the masculinity of some dad with his kid walking through the store. Right. You know, I don't see any sort of comparative disparity. What's funny to me is I, I know that logically, but I feel it lately. And so I'm wondering what's going on here. Of course, the other thing is... And I mentioned this the other week. The prescription I had picked up recently was different. And then I realized I wasn't doing well on that prescription. And I stopped it and went to one that I had recently 
more recently picked up. Yes, of the same. So I was having this this other problem with side effects of, of potentially expired meds and yeah, yeah. So so I was not feeling well because of that also. And I noticed that as well. Like you're you're generally just less able to cope with things in general and you seem less happy and is there anything I can do? And I asked you that a few times over the course of that week. You know, how could I, how can I help you? And is there anything I could do to help you be more happy? Because I could tell that you were just not quite staying afloat anymore. Yeah, I was feeling the struggle and and I was glad I figured out I should just tr- open a new bottle of pills and see if that made a difference, mm-hmm. which it did. That's good. But I still feel a little out of sync, but it's a di- it's different. It's not exactly the same as how I know that medication can affect you if, I don't know if it was expired or what the hell. Yeah. But something wasn't right there. Like I said to you, it reminds me of the time my work wife, her hormone patch... Oh. wasn't working right. And uh, and I said to her, look, just go home and take it off and put a new one on out of a different box, will you? Aww. And she did, and it worked. Oh. And, and I was like, yay. And everybody was like, yay. Well, they didn't know why I did. Aww. And she was glad, too. Yeah, I bet. Because it's rough to deal with stuff like that. And then we had changed my, my testosterone to generic and I did break out a bunch, and then we went back to the brand name, which I need to make sure I can get filled with the brand with the brand name next time. Correct. Sometimes I'll go to the pharmacy and say, "Well, that wasn't generic, but I want to get it in brand name," and they'll say, "Well, you you can't do that," and I'll say, "Yes, I can. I'm paying for it." Yeah. If if the insurance is paying for it, sometimes they'll require a doctor to specify. But if you're paying out of pocket, you should be able to say whether you want the Watson brand or the Pfizer Depot Testosterone brand. Right. And sometimes they get confused because. Because they're not used to that. Right. And they're like, oh, no, no, you need a prescription. So then I would just call the doctor and say, look, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm paying for it. So, you know, I started questioning, though. When I know things are kind of off, I, I try to look for the pieces that got off kilter, you know, what got out of line here. And for that, with the medication, and then is this a testosterone thing? Is this a just dysphoria comes around thing? Who knows? Right. I don't know yet. I'm sorry. We'll see what the levels are and we'll see see what he says he thinks that means. And and then as far as other transition related things, but similar is this the general interactions that do happen with random other guys still do happen and surprise me, such as I'm walking through the grocery store the other day and I had my my, uh, baseball hat on and this guy said, hey, great game last night. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was. It was a really great game. And I was like surprised. He would not have talked to me as a female. And if he did as a female, he would have had a problem. It would have been a different communication interaction. It would have. It would have. And so I was like pleasantly surprised too. I I often get, you know, not the sports ball thing, but (laughs) because I have a number of geeky things that I regularly wear. Like I have work shirts with Star Trek insignia or with a Dalek where the little polo logo ought to be or those kinds of things. And I'll often have people do a double take and then say, I like your shirt, mm-hmm. you know, but it's it's never going to be, hey, nice shirt. It's going to be, ooh, I like your shirt mm-hmm. because the shirt is on these big lumps on my chest and that changes everything somehow. It does. Darn, and I'm not quite sure why. Darn lumps. I know, right? <laughs> it does change something. I still get the, I have geeky shirts and I get... 
uh, comments on my shirt, usually from younger, gr- I want to say girls, because like whoever was working at the desk at that birthday party place, I had a Harry Potter shirt on or something, and girls were like, ooh, I like your shirt. And that's an unusual shirt, because that was from all the way across the country, so they don't have that over here right now. You right. have to find one of those online, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's not one you see all the time, except you and I each have one or two. Yes. <laughs> because they sent us two one time, and I thought we gave that one to Auntie. Yes. But anyway, anyway so, so you'll be interacting things. with my cousins who are also cisgender males. And you said you were curious about how that'll that'll work out is what started this conversation. But right. one, one of them is a police officer and the other one does something academic. And I'm not quite sure what, but he does something academic. Mm-hmm. And I get a sense that he will probably be more like you. I haven't seen this guy in over a decade. Mm-hmm. No, any of these four cousins, I haven't seen them in over a decade. But I get the sense that the academic one will probably be more like you. Mm-hmm. And the detective will probably be more like the macho man. More like you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> ah, thank you. You're welcome. I love you. Oh. Oh, so. And then there's the a girl cousin or somebody. There's that has two a, girl cousins from that family. And, and then, one of them has a husband who's from somewhere else. Yes. They're, they're very Bible belt. All the cousins live there or just that cousin? They, they were all raised there. And I believe that most of them still live. They're, they're all across the flyover states. That's good to know. So anyway. Just the grandfather was still in Michigan then? Grandfather was... He had been raised in northern Michigan. I have one aunt in Michigan, the other aunt, the one that we met when we went to Seattle. Oh, that's why I had this impression that these other people were also from Michigan. Yeah. Plus we're we're going there, so. So we'll, we'll see how all of this goes. Okay. And we'll see if you can beat some dysphoria while you're at it. Because that would. I'm too tired to beat things right now. (laughs) Correct. It is late. Not not just because it's late. The kid is really. I spent like four hours with him today, and and I was really insane after that. I was like, wow. I need like a tranquilizer or something, and I can't imagine how he feels. Yeah. Whoa. Poor guy. I can't imagine living in a head with... He doesn't know what it's like not to. That. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he does because when he had the other pills, it did calm him down. So I don't know if he knows that difference or if he can recognize that difference or... Anyway, we can be done talking about a kid now. That's what you think. (laughs) For now. (laughs) Okay. So is that it? That's it then. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening!
And so if I go in there and I'm singing, uh, God, I don't even remember what song I'm going to sing anymore. It's, I'm tired. The, the, the whole family had been raised in Michigan, but the pastor's wife went to Kansas with the pastor. And so pastor's kids got raised in Kansas. And they still live there. Some of them still live there. Some of them live in Missouri. Some of them went Nearby to work for places. Boeing there in Kansas. I, yeah. They're, they're in the middle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the middle places. Yes. They're, they're in America's belly button. <laughs> middle Earth or anything. No. Okay. No. Nope. No. Yeah. Okay. Ha, 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 ha.